something in me really just clicked where I knew that I had to make a change, that like that was what I wanted to do and that education was my passion, but in a very different way. That I knew that I eventually wanted to have an education farm. I had no idea what it would look like. I didn't know anything about hydroponics or aquaponics or really any of that yet, but I knew that like my impact on the world was going to be through food. And so my decision was really to go learn how to be a farmer. It starts with just taking that leap. Man, you have to work hard. You have to be incredibly smart. Choose something that even if it fails, even if it fails you are going to be proud of it. doesn't matter how badly you got beaten down. Be kind, be kind, be kind. Become a better person, a better leader, with a better business. Go with your gut. <laughs> this is Finding Founders. I am Jen Levy, and I am the co-founder of the Beverly Hills Community Farm. I grew up in Los Angeles, Beverly Hills specifically, and the co-founders and I really felt like it was important to bring back to our community uh, the idea of sustainability and local food. Could you talk about getting started gardening? Yeah, I bought a house in 2003 and I had a yard that was pretty empty. It was a clean slate. And one summer I decided that I was going to try gardening. And I started with some arugula and some lettuce and some some basic seeds and literally threw them in the ground. And about three to four weeks later, I saw things growing and was blown away. Literally as a kid in a candy store, really, really excited about the fact that you could put a seed in the ground and something edible and delicious would come out of it. And it really became a passion of mine just from those first few seeds in my house, so much so that I went to my school and really worked hard to convince them to, to build a garden, essentially. What was most rewarding about it for you? So I think the combination of seeing them grow with not a ton of work and then tasting them really was the, the kicker for me. So one of the first things I planted was arugula. And I had had arugula off and on, but never fresh from the garden arugula. And I literally ate it in every meal. Yeah. And I imagine it also feels uh, and tastes so much better when you know you were the one who grew it. Definitely. Definitely. And I always say that when I brought gardening to my first graders and the parents would laugh and say that there was no chance their kids were ever going to taste eggplant or zucchini or, you know, whatever we were growing. As long as the kids had a part of growing it, they always tasted it. Can you tell me about the uh, environmental leadership program? Because that seems like a turning point for you. Yeah, that was definitely a turning point. So I participated in a national fellowship program through ELP, Environmental Leadership Program, and I met a ton of people in the field of sustainability. And through that, really just meeting all these people and hearing about other jobs and other cities and what people were doing in sustainability. And that essentially led me to Oberlin, Ohio for the summer to work on a farm summer camp. What was that experience like? It was pretty amazing. I had never, literally, I'd never been to Ohio and I had never spent time really on a real production farm. I had spent some time volunteering on different farms, but really this is my first experience and it was remarkable. And so like with that scale, how did it change your perception of what, I guess, farming could be or what it was? Yeah, to I mean, it blew my mind. Growing up in a big city, I had never really seen farms like that. And so in addition to my work at the summer camp, I also got to spend time volunteering and meeting all these other farmers doing work towards sustainability and local food and really trying to grow in a really environmentally friendly way. 
you're you're seeing like like you know how amazing this is you're you're realizing maybe like there's all these people working in sustainability but then there's a point where you're like maybe i could also do this yeah so i spent that summer there and loved it and i came back to california and i started my teaching year and i was in the garden and loving it and really teaching but I knew that there was more learning I wanted to do. And so I finished that year of teaching and then actually moved back to Ohio. That's a big change though. You've been working for like, and teaching for 20 years. Yes, yeah, something in me really just clicked where I knew that I had to make a change, that like that was what I wanted to do and that education was my passion, but in a very different way. And so my decision was really to go learn how to be a farmer took me a handful of months of like some soul searching to like finally admit out loud that I wanted to be a farmer. Like that was not something I had ever thought about. I had never thought about not teaching. I loved my school. I loved that community. I thought I'd be there forever. So moving out of LA was never on my like bucket list and clearly running a farm was never on my bucket list. Was it just the draw of Ohio or was it like, like, was there something in LA that you were, you needed to change from? So Ohio was like not really in the in the decision making other than this farm specifically was. And yeah, I think deep down I probably needed a break from L.A. You know, growing up here, I left for college, but had been here, you know, since I graduated college. And even though I loved it, there's definitely things about L.A. that don't necessarily fit with my personality. Everyone's in a hurry. It's super competitive seeing my friends in business, in law and entertainment, like the amount of hours they have to work, the lifestyle they have to kind of keep up to be a part of their communities is hard. But I love LA. I think there's a lot of beautiful things about it. There's a lot of really amazing uh, hiking trails and the beaches here and the mountains are close by. So but even all the things that you're describing about LA that you are that you like are the things that are slower. You know, the things sure. that you can like take a breath and you exactly. can like look around and absorb yeah. nature. And, and it yeah. seems like this farm was a way for you to maybe like have that be a bigger part of your life than just like a, an escape from the frenetic energy of LA. Yeah. When I moved, I really thought I was moving for a year. I didn't plan past that. I was just like, I'm going to go for a year. I'm going to learn how to farm. I'm going to see what it's like. And then maybe I'll come back. You come to this place with a desire to learn how to farm. What were your expectations and how did reality line up to what you expected? I tried very hard to go in with no expectations. I had spent a little time again on this farm the previous summer so I knew a little bit about how they worked, but I really was going in as a sponge, just wanting to learn as much as I could. And I really did. I asked thousands of questions every day and really got to see every aspect of farming, right? So from seeding to transplanting to harvesting to deciding where you're selling your produce to farmer's markets, they also were an aquaponic farm. So I really got to learn all the specifics about growing indoors in Northeast Ohio when the weather is miserable most of the time and what a treasure that is to have fresh local greens when the sun doesn't come out, you know, for four or five months. I learned more in those two years than I could have ever imagined. Um, while I was in Ohio, I, I also got to do some volunteer work at a organization called Drink Local, Drink Tap. Through Drink Local, Drink Tap, they do education and water access, both in Northeast Ohio and in Uganda. And so I got to take over their education program. So that seems like these two loves of yours kind of connecting. Definitely. Where you're allowing yourself to actually educate, but about the thing that you, you're really passionate about, which is Yeah, farming. exactly. And so really, I was worried that I would miss teaching, right? Leaving the classroom and not having that kind of piece of 
what I love and what I'm passionate about. So working with Drink Local, Drink Tap allowed me that education piece that I had been lacking. And through that, I got to spend a month in Africa. And what was Africa like for you? Africa was amazing. Really, I spent about four and a half weeks in Uganda with Aaron Huber, who's the founder of Drink Local, Drink Tap, and then our full staff of uh, workers in Uganda. And I got to see over a dozen of the projects that they had done. And then I got to see one project from start to finish through the month we were there. So we installed a borehole at an elementary school. They dig about 90 meters to get fresh water, essentially pump it up, and then the community has access to fresh water. So the, all of that was incredible. The people in Uganda are insanely kind and remarkable and like really some of the best people I've ever met. I got to really work closely with our team there and they are also amazing people and just see all of the, the things that we could do to help them on such a small scale. When you came back to the US. Can you tell me about how you started to think about your, like, I guess, stab at that community project? I knew that I realistically probably was not going to stay in Cleveland, even though I love it and I love the farm I was on. I knew that that wasn't the ending point for me. I decided that I wanted to continue working on a farm. And so I kind of looked all over the country. I tried to not limit it to California or to any specific region. And I had the opportunity to apply for a job in Denver, Colorado. And I went to college in Boulder. So I love Colorado already. And I have friends there. And it didn't feel like such a crazy move. So I got hired to run an outdoor urban education farm in Denver. And I spent two seasons there. And it really allowed me to kind of shape now the farm that we have here, right? I never thought the idea of giving away food or having an educational farm was possible because I had never seen one before. And so being able to kind of run that in Denver allowed me the kind of knowledge that every city should have an urban farm. So how did you find a spot in LA? Great question. Um, so really the conversation started probably Maybe summer of 2018, I was still in Denver working on the farm there, but knew that that would be my last season there and that I was trying to decide what to do next. And so Gabby Reams Alexander and Hope Levy Beale, the two co-founders, the three of us, again, grew up in Beverly Hills, went to you know elementary school and high school here. So we wanted to start in a small space where we can make a big impact. And there's a lot of people who are passionate about sustainability. The city itself does a ton of work in sustainability, just not specifically with food production. So that was really part of what went into our thinking of how we could come back here and start an educational farm and focus on sustainability citywide with the emphasis on food. And one of the ways we wanted to do that is with hydroponics. The ability to grow a lot of food in a refurbished shipping container is remarkable with almost no environmental impact. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. So we knew that that was the direction we wanted to go. In addition to having an outdoor farm space where we could grow in soil and teach about soil and teach about other vegetables and also really create a community space to bring people of all generations together. You mentioned giving back to the community of Beverly Hills. And I think most people, when they think of Beverly Hills, they think of like, does that community really need to be given back to? Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of different groups of people other than just like the the classic like mansion people uh, in 90210, right? So could you talk to me a little bit about 
the community that you can serve being in Beverly Hills that's not just like the uber wealthy? Yeah, of course. Well, one, everyone deserves local fresh food, right? So whatever your status is. And so that was a part of it, that there's a lot of restaurants here and a lot of people who want to, you know, buy local food. And so they don't necessarily have access to that. But really the goal was that in addition to giving back, we could make a big impact in a small city and then be a model for bigger cities to follow, right? So if we could in the next 15 years, keep 50% of the produce grown in-house, right? Grown locally in Beverly Hills, that reduces the carbon emissions, right? That reduces our footprint. That keeps everything as fresh as possible. We want our impact to start small in a community where we can make a big difference. Going back to some of the hurdles, right? So you wanted to do these shipping container farms, but finding the space to do that in a small city can be difficult. Definitely. Especially <laughs> a small city in LA. So how did you navigate that challenge? Yeah, I mean, that is, we're still navigating it, right? We don't have an exact location yet for our first shipping container. Our goal is to have multiple shipping containers. Like our goal long-term is that every restaurant can grow their own food. Every hospital can grow their own food. Every nursing facility can grow their own food. And we can just help maintain that. Right. So we see them all over the place in the next, you know, five to 10 years. But the first one, we're still in the process of figuring that out, but have had amazing conversations. And really, you know, education is the heart of everything we do. And so wherever we have it, we know that it'll be in a space where we can also include education into our practice. So the shipping containers were definitely one of the things that you wanted to get to, but you didn't start with that, right? We're sitting in a space right now where you have like Correct. 10 or so <laughs> uh, uh, farming towers, right? And so when you wanted to start this in 2018 and then leading up to January of 2020, how did you actually get the space that we're sitting in now? Fall 2019, we took a trip to Europe again to research different companies. We also took a trip to Colorado and really decided that we were going to launch, quote unquote, January 2020. Perfect time um, to exactly. launch. Exactly. In hindsight, that was not the best move. And then, as we know, March 2020, COVID happened. And so essentially, we put everything on hold, right? We really just stopped everything. No one knew what was happening in the world, right? And so we kind of just waited, essentially. How did that feel to stop? Because it feels like, you know, code would be a time where people would want more fresh yeah, produce. It was like- the first three months, I would say it felt probably how everyone felt, right? Like just scared and like the fear of what's happening in the world and our well-being and kind of all the generic feelings. But by summer, everything we were reading was that vulnerable populations were not getting access to fresh food. And so that was really the push to figure out how we could start growing. And that's when it, the shift came from these, from the shipping container farm, essentially to these tower farms. And so that was really the goal probably in September was that we were going to buy these towers and just get started. And really, um, Gabby Alexander, you know, one of the co-founders, she spearheaded this part of the journey. And, you know, we figured out a situation that benefits us both, right? We're repurposing old vacant space to grow food, to give it away. And we've been in here a year and a half and have donated almost 200 pounds of produce and really have been able to show people what hydroponics looks like. So what have you seen the uh, community response been to being now situated uh, in a fairly well-trafficked street in Beverly Hills? 
Yeah, I mean, my favorite part of the day is when people just come in off the street. So on purpose, we have our basil tower right by the door because really you can smell it from halfway up <laughs> the block. So that in of itself really drags people in. But really, this space has shown people on a small scale what we can do. And even though a lot of people still don't know about us, uh, there's a lot of people who do because of the location that we're in. So that's been pretty, pretty priceless for sure. And so what is your vision for the future of what you'd like to create? Our next step is our first shipping container. So that has been ordered and is in the manufacturing process as we speak. So that's one step of it. But really, we ideally see an outdoor farm space that highlights all type of farming and really allows for intergenerational programming, different types of events, whether it's a yoga class or a book club or, you know, a weekly Mahjong game. It really doesn't matter. But really having a space where people of all ages and all, you know, personalities can gather in essentially in a farm. And we rely on, you know, all generations to teach the generations, you know, next about their tradition. So in terms of cooking classes or different stories or uh, different kind of recipes from their cultures, we see a space where we can do all of those things. And so I guess like wrapping up, what do you think is something that you've learned in your farm journey <laughs> in, in, in your, in your uh, journey to like understand agriculture, to understand how to just grow things better and how to give back to people who need this kind of food. Like, what do you think you've learned in this process that you wish you could tell maybe like your younger self at the start of this, of this journey? I think one thing is that we're really all in this together, right? We have to really all work together to kind of, to help essentially. And I think that goes with farming too, right? It's not just the water you use or the nutrients you use or the seeds you use. It's the soil health and it's where you start them and it's really taking care of every piece of it. And I think as humans and as communities, we have to take care of each other, right? And so I don't think everyone necessarily wants to grow their own food, but there's people who can offer us, you know, cooking classes or can make bath salts for us or other things and that we all can really take care of the land and also like nourish our minds and our bodies, right? So we really have to think about where our food comes from and what we're doing to the earth to allow us to continue growing healthy food. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, rate the podcast five stars, and share with a friend. If you have any questions or comments, DM us at Finding Founders Podcast on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook. Finding Founders is produced and hosted by me, Samuel Donner. Our chief of staff and operations is Jessica Lynn. Our audio editing team lead is Adrian Tapia. Support from Irene Van Berkel, Matt Fernandez, Renee B. Cannon, Sophia Donner, David Saidi, Ashley Jimenez. Nicholas Guzman, Aaron Devereaux, Sanessa Gisley, and Lois Choi. Our outreach and research lead is Kenny Ong, with support from Sarah Hobson, Cherise Tan, Harushi Kanauchi, Kristen Hagelin, Aya Cortez, and Valencia Lu. Our writing team lead is Elizabeth Bowen, with support from Aiden Ashworth, Nikki McCollum, Sylvie Wong, and Eric Menno. Our design team lead is Shruti Ramanand, with support from Tiffany Dang, Yao Liu, 
and Dina Gabriel. To see more of what we're up to, subscribe to our newsletter at findingfounders.co. Thanks again for listening and see you next week.